This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to The Weekly. Welcome to this week's episode of The Weekly by Retail Insider. I'm Lee Rippett, and I'm joined with the Editor-in-Chief of Retail Insider, Craig Patterson, to discuss this week's most read articles on retail-insider.com. So thanks for joining me, Craig. Hello, everyone. Now, we're currently recording on February the 18th, 2021, and we had a number of retailer announcements of a brick-and-mortar nature that were opening or announcing openings over the last week that made a lot of people excited because, well, it's COVID and there's a lot of people closing versus the vice versa. So, Craig, is there a retailer that you'd like to hop into first in the podcast? Yeah, yeah. And wanted to turn this into a bigger conversation around brick and mortar retail. Hmm. Um, One thing that I found, I'm part of a broker's call that uh, Michael Kehoe puts on out of uh, Fairfield Commercial in in Calgary, Calgary. of course. Now we're seeing companies that are interested in leasing brick and mortar spaces. I know. Like I take a look at our brief that we had out and the first one we had in there was Diptyque, which I've never heard of. So it was great to hear about them. This is really good news. You mentioned Diptyque. It's uh, I've learned how to pronounce that from Jeff Berkowitz. Thank you. Because no. <laughs> I was pronouncing it wrong for years because you know I walked oh. by the stores mainly in the United States. States yeah. uh, this is just one of many examples of uh, brick and mortar retails that are you know looking at coming into Canada. This would be an international entrant that would be, uh, you know, again, a first to market um, and is one of many that we certainly have talked about and, and will continue to talk about. Well, and before the brief, I never really heard of Diptyque other than vaguely and it's in Paris. But so now that I've read the brief, I'm kind of excited about the brand coming to Canada. But for those listeners that haven't read the brief yet, could you give a little bit of a backgrounder on who they are and what they sell? Yeah, yeah. They're based out of uh, France. They do uh, a lot of fragrances and candles. Uh, very much about smell uh, is kind of what I got from the whole gist of it. Mm. Yeah, and I'm just on their website right now and their navigation bar at the top mentions fragrances, candles, skincare, home decor. That's kind of like the education that I know about them. But it's- uh, so, some, I mean, the, the typical candle price, because I went online and had a look, was between 50 and $100. Uh, some of those candles are close to $500. They're bigger and fancier. and Well, well that's quite mm. a bit, right? So, But when you go to their website, there's a very distinct brand look and feel. Like everything is black and white, grayscale kind of thing. And they also have that wallpaper, which is geometric shapes that are repeating. That's... <laughs> <laughs> kind of assaulting to my eyes, but like it's still very different through than looking at a different website, right? But uh, mm-hmm. they have other things than just smelly kind of stuff for fragrances and so on, right? Yeah, like and I think that they've expanded it to become more of a lifestyle brand, yeah. which which makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you think about it, they've got this brand recognition with their, you know, core customer around the world and uh, have again expanded their product line so that you know they can hopefully be profitable in other areas as well but certainly the fragrances and the candles were where this brand began and I've seen the fragrances all over the place some of them smell nice I think I actually had a bottle um, maybe about a decade ago Uh, uh, a friend of mine um, had a duty free store and we basically just got a ton of free stuff so I think I had about a hundred fragrance bottles which is funny because I don't wear any anymore Um, I just I just don't like things that irritate my skin my nose but i used to have a lot of that stuff and so diptyque uh, uh is you know an interesting brand i mean it i've seen it in some pretty interesting locations in the united states uh, shopping centers and streets and interesting neighborhoods and um having that come to canada will be great and i'm curious where it'll land i mean i i wrote i wrote that part of the brief and i was saying well probably the yorkdale shopping center because it gets a lot of first to market retailers but uh that's 
you know, a few other places it could go. It could go in trendy neighborhoods uh, uh, near households that have enough money to afford, you know, the $100 candle. Uh, and uh, it, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Well, and I know that Toronto isn't exactly a stranger to the luxury candle um, marketplace because I think it was back in like August 2018, you wrote an article on Candle Artistique, like Candle with a K without an E, and they opened up in the Yorkville area at 88 Avenue Road. And I just checked and they're still open on Google. So hopefully Google's right. But if you go to their website, they actually have candles that are just over a hundred bucks or you know, I'm scrolling down the website and I just came across one for 750 bucks. So they do have diffusers and a couple other things too, which sounds suspiciously like a diptyque kind of offering too. So they probably have differences, of course, but like even moving into the UK um, fragrance brand, Joe Malone, that's going to be opening up stores. We announced that one in our article, not exclusively, but uh, I think it was in November 2020. So I'm excited to see how that competition rolls out in that fragrance kind of space too. But but moving on, we actually have an article that we put out for EQ3 opening up in Winnipeg. So why don't we kind of touch upon that, Craig? Yeah, and I think the Winnipeg store is going to be the largest by quite a bit yeah, too. I think so. Again, this is a brick and mortar expansion. So EQ3 is a Winnipeg-based furniture. Uh, retailer home furnishings might be the better term for that. But uh, interesting, unique trendy pieces the price point yeah. isn't too high no and like i remember back in november 2019 they opened up a new york city flagship too so they definitely are like expanding across and around uh they have been on the grow yeah. for uh, a good number of years here like you mentioned uh, i think it was last year they opened a uh, flagship store in manhattan november. and uh, yeah. now again speaking to the confidence of brick and mortar retail we've got cadillac fairview that's redeveloping the former sears space at cf polo park in winnipeg one of actually the top malls in the country in terms mm. of overall productivity at least before the pandemic i, I say that oh, okay. with that caveat because i don't know what's going on with but, COVID, yeah. you know, Win Winnipeg didn't have quite the lockdowns that other places yeah. in the country, mainly Ontario, have had at this point, whenever that's going to change. Oh, I know. Yeah. Who knows? But, uh, you know, I think that CF Polo Park will continue to be quite productive. But what Cadillac Fairview is doing is investing in this property. They're mm. taking what was a 260,000 square foot box over three levels and are redeveloping it. So we'll have... EQ3 with, I believe, about 44,000 square feet uh, on one level. Um, they're looking at uh, other uses, I think, including uh, office or workplace uh, upstairs. And uh, the, the basement, which is about 100,000 square feet, is going to be utilized oh, for, I cool. think, more services at this point, uh, and as well as future opportunities. But um, again, the fact that uh, this is moving fast and furious during a pandemic, I think, shows some confidence in uh, uh, the fact that you know, physical retail is still going to be a thing after all of this. Well, especially for furniture, uh, that vertical itself, a lot of people want to be able to go into a store, look at the piece of furniture that they're going to buy so they can decide whether or not in their mind that they can see it in their space. Um, a lot of people can do the online and that's that's amazing. But um, so for me, I can see why this is not necessarily going to be uh, a downside for EQ3. Um, the other concern or question that I had is I was wondering why Winnipeg, because like I see EQ3 on Granville Street in Vancouver and stuff like that. I did not realize before this article that this was a Winnipeg based uh, re furniture retailer, right? So Polo Park makes sense because it's one of the leading malls there. But also like their first store in uh, in Winnipeg was in 2005, I believe. 
And uh, they also have a manufacturing facility there for their upholstery product line. So there seems to be quite the roots there for that retailer. So for me, amazing, especially like during a pandemic now where a lot of people are sitting, working from home, looking at their furniture, wanting to potentially spruce it up. So it looks like this is uh, just a good news story for EQ3. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, uh, home furnishings has been a sector of retail that has done quite well, uh, whether or not it's renovations or it's actually furnishing. Uh, This is all good stuff, right? But Mm -hmm. one thing, you know, I'm thinking about not to, you know, play a devil's advocate or be you know, a Debbie Downer or something. But if everyone is out buying home furnishings and stuff like that, I mean, how often is that going to happen in the future? Uh, I know that people refresh their homes, but if people are doing major upgrades to what they have right now and we're seeing these great retail sales uh, i mean well another example you know we reported on sporting goods like you know bicycle stores just basically selling out well you can only do that for so long because once someone has something they may not need another one right so this mm-hmm. isn't like clothing or it's like food is the best example there's always going to be demand for food because we eat it and then we yeah. need more and it can go bad but uh, say in the case of furniture and other items like that uh, if someone is really making a lot of investments into purchases over a period of time especially during covid what's the demand going to be in the future uh, i don't know but for some of these furniture stores i mean ikea hasn't had issues it's been around for a long time and uh, still seems to be successful and is continuing but It'd be interesting to see where the market goes, uh, just given that there are, you know, segments of the population that have already bought a lot of furniture uh, and Mm. other home goods. Well, at the end of the day, though, like I'm not necessarily agreeing with that because for a lot of people still go buy furniture, even though they have furniture, right? Whether that be then selling their existing stuff on Craigslist, you know, gifting it uh, or giving it to other parts of their house or other family members, but Still, like there's a lot of people who uh, that they refresh their house regularly. This is like happening pre-pandemic. I just think it's been exasperated by people sitting at home, staring at their furniture all the time, thinking about, hmm, let's look at EQ3's online catalog or something like that. So uh, at the end of the day, upcycle, recycle, that is going to be also seeing the benefits. So there's a whole bunch of like trickle down effects to this that I think is going to be a benefit as well. But But before we go down that far of a path, we're wanting to stick more on that brick and mortar kind of news. And one of the other topics in our brief was that uh, moving into the next one is Oak Ridge Center is closing their Hudson Bay, which is interesting because originally they were supposed to be staying open and now they're not. They're closing. So tell us a little bit about that, Craig. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because we actually got an exclusive, which was wonderful. Thank you, Quadreal, uh, to discuss the fact that uh, the Oak Ridge Centre would be shutting down temporarily for the most part uh, for a time period so that uh, the centre could be redeveloped. And the redevelopment is just looking it will be spectacular. It's going to be unlike anything in Canada, I would say. Um, but uh, so, the, yeah, but with that in that article, the Hudson Bay department store at Oak Ridge uh, was supposed to stay open during this renovation. And uh, I thought that was well, kind of almost bizarre just because, you know, it's not going to get traffic from any other stores, not to mention traffic uh, might be congested with construction. Who knows uh, how that would work? Because I know Oak Ridge was sometimes hard to get into and out of with a car regardless, even before this. Well, I know. So with- well, when we did the uh, video mall tour back in September of last year, and for those of you that haven't seen our video mall tours, just go to our mall tour section from the top navigation bar from retail-insider.com. But 
in there, there's uh, Oak Ridge uh, Mall Tour back. On, I think we published it on October the 4th, 2020, but you can see what that mall looks like now. It's mostly shut down. And uh, like, and it's disheartening for a lot of the folks like myself that have seen that mall in its heyday. And a lot of high-end retail was there and is now like exodusing as they're shutting down that center, like you were saying. So, but when you're going by like where the Apple store is, and that's right next to where Hudson Bay is, I was surprised that they were going to be keeping that store open because it's locked in time and it's a big chunk of the mall. So for, like, so what was going through the mind of Hudson Bay? Like what, what's going on with this closure though? The Hudson Bay company did make a decision to temporarily, uh, in theory yeah, anyway, shut that store and um, reopen it again in 2024. And I should say that to be more clear, there will be a brand new Hudson Bay store built for the company oh, I didn't know. Uh, that will be a bit smaller than the current one. I think 140,000 square feet. And uh, uh, that store would open in 2024. It would be quite tech heavy. Um, mm. It would be integrated, I think, into the website offerings that uh, Hudson's Bay would have at that time. Uh, again, you know, acting under the assumption that the Hudson Bay company will continue to operate as a department store in 2024 and won't be in some other form like online or God only knows what. But, you know, I think we are in for some major changes and uh, the Hudson Bay company in the background is doing some stuff that, you know, I think a lot of people are not aware of in terms of possibly spinning off some online businesses. Uh, you know, obviously we've talked about the real estate division that's been formed and yeah. uh, remains to be seen what the future of the company is as, as a department store retailer as it currently is so um who knows at this point i don't know but i think we'll be hearing some interesting news probably yeah. in the next uh, few months well and besides like hudson bay in the brief because uh, i think other than hudson bay closing there's not much more to say other than sales closing sales right now but uh in the brief we also had uh, i think it was at uniqlo uh in montreal having an announcement there so why don't we go through that and with their brick and mortar crack. yeah yeah uniqlo again um this is another retailer obviously in the fashion space that sees uh value to having stores and not just being online. Mm. You can go in and try things on, which is always a, well, it's usually a good thing. Mm. When I, except mm -hmm. when I gain a lot of weight, but Uniqlo has a lot of great stretchy stuff. And <laughs> so this will be their 14th or 15th store in Canada. I thought I counted 15, but someone said 14. And so this will be the second one in the Montreal market. Um, I think it was over the summer, uh, Uniqlo opened a great big flagship store at the uh, Montreal Eaton Center on St. Catherine Street in downtown Montreal, for those who don't know the city too well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the fact is the retailer is still expanding around the country by opening stores. And this is, uh, uh, I, I think it's a good thing. I mean, again, it's it's creating an experience in a shopping center because these are primarily shopping center based stores. In fact, none of them are freestanding now that I think about it in Canada, mm. um, not like in Chicago uh, or New York City. But uh, but who knows, probably that when downtown Vancouver gets one, it's probably going to be freestanding. It'll be the first one in Canada that wouldn't be in a shopping center oh. unless somehow something can be done at CF Pacific Center. Who knows? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, who knows? What's interesting is a, a few years ago, I'd have to go back and check. I think COVID has pretty much thrown my time, time. perception of time out the window. <laughs> yeah. uh, Marina Strauss actually did uh, an article when she was a journalist with the Globe and Mail oh, and uh, had interviewed uh, an executive from Uniqlo who had said that they were looking to eventually open about a hundred stores in Canada. Oh, I remember. Um, yes. I would be surprised if we saw anything close yeah. to that number, uh, no. just given that we're in the 14, 15 range, uh, but yes. we also haven't seen Uniqlo enter the Calgary market or the Winnipeg market, uh, you know, Victoria, maybe Saskatoon, Regina, yeah. which would probably be in yeah. their downtown malls, just knowing those cities, cities Halifax. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure how far Uniqlo is going to take its expansion in Canada, but a um, hundred stores is a lot. Absolutely. 
absolutely. And I think I know where you're going with that. And like, cause at this, like this podcast is on a lot of the brick and mortar stores that are opening, which is a great celebration that we should be having, but it's going to be different going forward due to COVID um, openings in the future strategy that a lot of these companies are going to be having. So absolutely. I completely agree. That's one thing that I think has changed a little bit with this pandemic is even though there is a demand for brick and mortar retail, um, I think that some retailers that have multiple locations may not necessarily look at mm. having to have as many as they may have wanted to in the past. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Probably we would see fewer Uniqlo stores, but still in great locations. I mean, every single one of these are in good malls, I would say. Uh, and, and, and who knows? I mean, that, and that goes for all retailers. We, we talked about Bentley Leathers, I think it was in late 2019, and then again in early 2020, uh, where that retailer had shut close to 100 stores. And again, it was just looking at its retail footprint overall and saying, we don't need that many locations. So tying this back again to the Hudson Bay Company, um, I think they've got 88 stores. Uh, that's probably... 50 or more too, too many. many. Um, so yeah. it, again, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with them. Uh, I do think there's a future physical retail. It's going to be better. It's going to be interactive. It's going to hopefully have a better experience, but uh, we probably for many chains won't see as many locations as we've seen in the past. If, if these, you know, retailers have proliferated by having all kinds of stores all over the place. So um, there unfortunately may still be some vacancies uh, in different uh, parts of the country on streets and in malls. But ultimately, I would expect those to hopefully be filled if um, those retail spaces continue to operate, uh, you know, as retail spaces, I guess, and not be repurposed or demolished. Yeah. And I think overall, those are the all of the topics that we wanted to cover and then de delving a little bit more into the brick and mortar kind of uh, topic too. So thank you, Craig, for going through the popular content for this week with me. And just a gentle reminder, we do have an email newsletter that you can subscribe to that goes out every weekday morning. And it has a link to the Canadian news from around the web that we've curated from the previous day, as well as links to our recently published articles exclusive to Retail Insider. If you go to our website, retail-insider.com, you can find the subscribe area towards the bottom of our main page, and then you can get that email into your inbox every morning. So thanks everyone for listening. And Craig, thanks for chatting and chat with you next week. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening.